0: Welcome again, everybody, to the Disney Film Project podcast. This is the show where we talk about the films of the Walt Disney Company from the earliest cartoons to the latest DVDs and the latest films in theaters. I'm Ryan Kilpatrick, host of the program, along with my friends. We run DisneyFilmProject.com, where you can go and talk about these movies and read our blogs about all of these sorts of things. Uh, Those friends would include the one and only Mr. Todd Perlmutter, who is a blogger over at touringplans.com. He is chief technical officer at disneydrivenlife.com. He works at onthegoinmco.com. And I believe retroactively made this movie because he went back in his time machine and made it.
1: Actually, you know, when you say the one and only, that's where you're wrong. You see temporal clones, time machine. You're right. All I didn't think of fl- that. It's all very flexible at this point in time.
0: Yeah, Alternate Dimension Todds.
1: Yes, Kang the Conqueror Todd.
0: That's scary. That's <laughs> rather oh, frightening. <laughs> I don't know if I can carry on. That's that's, that's a dramatic uh, thing. <laughs> also helping us out is Miss Brianna Alessio, who you can find over at Adventures of Bri at com. She will be blogging about this movie, so make sure you go over to the website at DisneyFilmProject.com to read her blog about the film. Um, she can't join us on the show, but she'll be on later shows, so keep track for that. Uh, the producer of the program is the one and only, I believe, unless Todd has managed to digitally clone her, Miss Cheryl Prometter, who you can find on Twitter at P 3 or over at about.me slash P 3 and you can find out all the things that she goes through to make this show such the staggering success that it is. How are you tonight, Miss Cheryl?
2: Good. I, ha- I do have a new conspiracy. Starbucks refreshers.
0: I've I've heard about this. I've heard this is like they're, like they're putting some sort of addictive thing into the refreshers.
2: No, there's these. Okay, so what is this? There's a drink, and there are packs that you can make at home, like via, like coffee. Okay. Apparently, there's a problem at the warehouse. So they don't have any more packets. They can only make you... You can only get it from Starbucks. You can't get the packets.
1: <laughs> and you may not find the lime.
0: Interesting. Is there something special about the lime? Does it give superpowers?
1: I, I don't know. Everyone, the, all the stores seemed to run out of it was the conversation we were having.
0: Interesting. Interesting. Yes. Okay.
1: All right. So we
0: are discussing today the the most recent film from Walt Disney Pictures to hit the theaters, The Odd Life of Timothy Green, uh, starring Jennifer Garner and Joel Edgerton, uh, directed by Peter Hedges. Um, this one is a tough one to get a handle on, but I think we can safely say all three of us would recommend you go see it now in the theaters, because if you don't hurry, it might not be there.
1: Yes, I so I couldn't find out how much it cost to make this movie, but you know it's uh, so far only made um, almost nineteen million dollars as of today.
0: Right. Yeah. It's not. It's not performing hugely at the box office. I can't imagine it was that expensive. No. To make. No. Um. Oh, I, it, the numbers I had was forty million.
1: To make it. Oh. okay. Yeah. I couldn't find a number for it. So.
0: So yeah, I so don't know if that's correct though, but but that's the number
1: I see. It's halfway there. If it, if it hangs out for another two weeks, could, two to three weeks, it could make that.
2: It might make that back in video release. I don't think that's. What, yeah. I think that's what what they're hoping.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree with Cheryl. I think I think on DVD this thing will do really well, or Blu-ray. Um, it's so if you've seen the trailers, uh, you know the the basic idea, I would assume, which is that it's it's about Jennifer Garner's character Cindy and Joel Edgerton's character Jim are a a married couple in a small town. And the what the trailers will give you is that they're unable to have a child. They decide that, you know, one night they would just write down all the things that are, would be great about their kid if they were to have one, put it in a box in the backyard, and the next morning they wake up with, or later that night, rather, they wake up with... This young boy who sort of burst from the garden and is their son, and that's Timothy Green. So, and, and the movie is about Timothy Green and his life.
1: That's right, and the mayhem that ensues as he destroys the town is a giant monster.
0: Yes, absolutely. Um, it is a horrific monster movie. No, that's not true. <laughs> uh, but if you, if, that's pretty much all you're going to get from the trailers. Is is that appropriate? I mean, I tried to watch them all before I went to see the movie just to kind of get a little more information about what the movie was about. You
1: you, you get a lot of small snippets.
2: There are a couple of interviews out there with um, Jennifer Garner interviewing um, Timothy, the kid who plays Timothy Green. And um, so they kind of show scenes from there, but they really don't show you. The movie, they just, like... Was more. What was your most favorite activity? Riding a bike or soaking up in the sun? He is riding a bike, but then they show him this with the screen of of him standing in the sun. Gotcha. So, and so that type of stuff is out there.
1: Yeah. Well, the, the two kids, C. J. Adams and Odea Rush, also had a had a thing on uh, the the Disney Channel movie Surfers. Ah!
0: Very good. Very good. Um, I think you guys warned me ahead of time that this was a sad film, uh, in, in a way. Yes. And, and we, so we're, folks, we're trying to tell you as much as we can about the movie before we start going through the plot, because I think we all want you to go see it. Um, but it, it's definitely a sad movie to a degree, uh, although it's, I would say presenting a somewhat positive message that,
1: that. As accurate as I can get without giving spoilers. <laughs> so you will go to this movie and you will cry. And you will yes. want to make sure you have tissues along or grab lots of napkins from the concession stand. Okay, when I say lots, yes. you might as well just pick up the concession stand, take it with you to your seat, and sit down. Yeah.
0: Don't okay. get the giant popcorn and the, and the icy for this one. That's not, it's not that kind of movie.
1: Yeah. And, uh, but that said, it's not. in my opinion, it's not all sad sorrow stuff okay there's a lot of uh yeah. there's a lot of stuff to laugh at sometimes laughing to the point of tears um there's there's a lot of you know hope and gain and fear and love going on as well and some of it is very very touching
2: i will say this in this low rider.
1: that's right low yeah absolutely There. are
2: so that, that was that was the one of the way the one the best comments i gave to my friends like She's like, how is Little Rider this movie? I'm most like, you'll have to find out.
0: Yes. Yeah. The, the, the main thing that I've seen it compared to um, in reviews, because it's not, it's not getting great reviews, and I really don't understand why, uh, but we can talk about that when we talk about the spoilers, is a Frank Capra movie. And it definitely has that kind of vibe to it
1: yes i I definitely wrote down that it it has the same sort of emotional feel that you get watching. It's a wonderful life, the exact yes. same feel, yes, and roller coaster of emotions as well
0: yeah, absolutely true, absolutely true so uh all right we're gonna we're gonna start spoiling the movie. We'll go through the plot here in a little bit but so but I think all three of us agree. go see it while it's in the theaters it's It's well worth your time and money. Um, which is more than I can say about a large portion of the films that have been out this summer.
1: Before we get to the spoilers, though, I just want to talk about the background a little bit. Sure. Okay. Um, first of all, the, um, the creator of the movie is Ahmet Zappa, and yes, he is the son of the singer, songwriter, and musician Frank Zappa. Okay. So right
0: away you know The Odd
1: Life is is a
0: very appropriate title for the film.
1: Yeah, it's unclear to me if there's any autobiographical stuff in there. I just wanted to say that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, How is he involved? Um, Well, he um, originally came on to do some work on the Fraggle Rock movie, which is part of Henson Productions. And then uh, Disney snatched him up for something that was nicknamed – I wouldn't say it was officially named – Kingdom Comics, right? Uh, It was
0: was officially named, and it was a whole thing, and it's kind of gone away at this point.
1: Well, it's kind of been absorbed, I guess, is the better way to look at it.
0: Yeah, true. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, It was done in 2008. Uh, This was uh, something that was greenlit by Oren Aviv and Bob Iger. I don't think Aviv works for the studio anymore, right?
0: I don't believe so, no.
1: Yeah. Um, And um, the idea was that they they were hot on comic books, as you know. And uh, they like love the con- Disney loves the concept of the graphic novels. So the idea was that this group would develop these graphic novels, and then these novels would become film projects for the studios. In addition, they were supposed to be reimagining older movies like um, Bedknobs and Broomsticks, you know, Apple Dumpling Gang stuff like that, and Condorman, them- Condorman, and bring them back to the- <laughs> no, not Condorman, and bring them back to the theater, but as new projects. So bring them into a graphic novel then push them back out again as a movie on the No, I'm not, I'm not
0: I'm really not joking. Like at one point the, the the head of Kingdom Comics actually discussed putting out Condor Man comics.
1: Oh, really? Okay, that's it. Yeah. It never actually, it never actually
0: happened, but he discussed it. They probably then again, nothing ever actually happened from
1: Kingdom they, Comics. Except they they probably would have been better than this than uh, the Condor Man movie. So there you go. <laughs> Low bar to clear, but yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, this but this movie, though, be, though Kingdom Comics itself no longer exists. This movie, the original ideas of it did come from Zappa's stint at that group, um, yes. and then and then that's how he got the deal because he has a deal with uh, Disney now, where he has a first, like a first dibs on production and writing rights on an idea at the Disney Studios.
0: Yeah, it's it's kind of weird. It's like a hodgepodge of talent because you know, at the same time, I'm at you know Elmet Zappa came up with the story. The writer is Peter Hedges, who yes. has done a bunch of films who um, that I actually really enjoy. Yes, I love uh, his work. Yeah, uh, not all of them necessarily appropriate for all audiences, but you know, what's yeah. eating Gilbert Grape? He wrote. Um, his first directing credit was Pieces of April, which is a. Just a fantastic movie, uh but is not definitely not appropriate for all audiences.
1: And, and a favorite of Cheryl's of mine, Dan in Real Life,
0: with Steve Carell. I have not seen that one yet, but I want to.
2: Yeah. Um. Don't worry, Ryan, because it is a touchstone movie. Woohoo! And it's PG-13, so it. we yeah. can add it to the list for next year.
1: Uh, uh, let's do it. Spoilers. Say. I like
0: it. Yeah, I mean, but he—he's just a really great writer, uh, and he—he he directed the movie, so he doesn't. It, it, we just listed basically half of his filmography. He doesn't make films all that often, no, uh, but something about this, you know, just intrigued him, yeah. and he wanted to make this movie. And then you throw on top of that, it's uh, produced by Scott Sanders, who is the guy who made the color Purple into a musical, which everyone thought would not work, uh, and has <laughs> been wildly successful, there you uh, go. and he now has a deal with Disney, just like Zappa's, you know, a first-look first, first look sort of deal. This is the first movie that's come out under it. It's just – it's a, an eclectic group of people, right. and they turned out exactly the movie an eclectic group of people like that you would think would come up with.
1: Yeah. By the way, um, in case other people don't see the name on the uh, movie, uh, there's, you'll also see Monster Foot Productions associated with the movie. That's Zappa's own production house, which basically consists of him as an employee, so – I wonder if he, gets, he gives himself good benefits. I, I don't know. Could, could be. Who knows? Um, <laughs> I, I want to mention one thing that's non-spoilery uh, as well, before we, and then I think I'm good and then we could destroy everything else And as we're talking, um, is that Joel Egerkin, who plays Jim Green, is our Star Wars connection. Really? I did not know this. Yes. He played Owen Lars in uh, Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith. He was, he was the young version of Owen Lars. I
0: didn't know that.
1: Yes. So... And now, for those who aren't making the connection, uh, you probably remember Uncle Owen, who Luke Skywalker is whining to when he's on the planet Tatooine. That's Owen Lars. It's just Uncle Owen.
0: There you go. He could also eventually become our Avengers connection. Did you know that he is rumored to be the person Marvel's pursuing to play Doctor Strange in a future film?
1: That would be awesome.
0: Yeah. I don't know if that's actually going to happen, but that's the rumor.
1: We do have a Marvel connection in the movie, but not an Avengers connection. Yes. Yeah, because right. Jennifer, Jennifer Garner uh, played Electra in both Daredevil and the Electra movie,
0: both of which I've tried to block from my memory.
1: Yes, except for my favorite scene, which is when they're on the um, on the seesaw doing the doing the meeting fight. Yes, true. So the only true. scene you can watch. No other scene in that movie, and just that scene, and then go return it to your red box or whatever.
0: Yes. I suggest you not not watch any other scene in the movie, but that's a whole other story. Uh, We are talking about The Odd Life of Timothy Green, and from this point on, folks, we will be spoiling the movie. So if you have not seen it, first of all, go out and see it right away, and then come back and listen to us uh, talk about the movie. Because if you're like me, um, you're desperately going to want to talk to someone after you see the movie. (laughs)
1: Hmm? fortunately we're the day after you saw it right so this works well for you
0: yes yes two two days later (laughs) two days later
1: yes okay (laughs) i
0: can't imagine the two of you having seen it before it came out in theaters and having to wait for anyone else to go see it
1: it's hard to explain i mean so a lot of our friends were just like i ain't seen that movie it's gonna be all crying and stuff and it's like it is. And You're like, but, yes? <laughs> yes, but it's good. Like, you don't feel bad. You don't feel like the kids in the YouTube video of Doom just saying. No, no.
0: Know. Can we just address that quickly? If you Google this movie, you will see this YouTube video of two children just crying their eyes out, and they spoil the end of the movie. Yes. That is not a typical reaction. That said, I don't know that I would take young children to see it, but that's not how you would feel coming out of the movie. At least I don't think so.
1: I did want to say that if you want to get a better feel for how this is for a kid besides what we say about it, um, I was reading on the Huffington Post. I was reading an article by Kristen Howerton, um, and she wrote us an article titled A Parent's Guide to Disney's The Odd Life of Timothy Green. And it's not very spoilery either, but it gives just a quick view of the key things that you look for when you're looking for a – family you know young kid oriented movie she brought her five year old daughter her daughter loved it so and did not cry like the kids in the video so I just wanted to say that that's a good um, a good counterpoint to uh, that video yes yeah no and I think it depends on
0: the makeup of your child like in in my case I think my daughter would actually really enjoy it Um, my son wouldn't be able to handle it he's just he's too emotional
1: okay fair enough
0: so I think I think it depends on on what your what your kids are like. You 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 folks know your kids better than we do. So That's right. All right. So, spoilers. Here we go. All right. The movie is uh like we said, it's about Jim and Cindy Green played by Joel Edgerton and Jennifer Garner and it opens with them in an adoption center and they are trying to to adopt a child. Uh so the Interviewer, who's played by uh, a very famous Iranian actress named—I, uh, I'm going to butcher this name, but Shorish Ad- Adagashlu. Did I get—I I didn't get that right.
1: I'm not sure either. Okay, but let's, she was on 24. How about that? I, and uh, she was in Flash Forward as well.
0: Yes, she was, and she was quite good in that. Yes. Uh, she is interviewing them for the adoption. And in the, in the reason why, you know, the essay question, the reason why they had listed that they would be good parents, they had simply wrote the word Timothy and they, you know, to, to her protestation say, we need to tell you our story. And that will tell you, you know, how, why we can be good parents. So the whole story of the, the whole film is told in flashback. And we occasionally go back to them in the adoption office you know, telling their story, but but basically, the entire film is told in flashback as they tell the story of Timothy Green, and it falls almost exactly like you've seen in the trailer. The trailer basically sets up the first ten minutes of the movie, and everything else flows from there because uh, they they go to a doctor, they're told they cannot have a child, they go home and you know are basically depressed. Uh, Jim opens up a bottle of wine, and they start scribbling uh, on a notepad. The attributes they want to see from their kid, right? They dream up this ideal child that they want to have and start just kind of making it up as, as they go along of the things they want from this kid. Yes. Uh, it, it's kind of their way of getting closure on the fact that they can't have a child. Um, and it's, it's a very touching scene. I thought the two of them – first of all, the two of them together have fantastic chemistry,
1: they do. Um, I, I did want to mention I kind of – I kind of sort of feel that here's a th- – it was very evident that Jennifer Gardner was um, striving for an Oscar that she's been wanting for a while now in yeah. this film. Okay? The problem was is I feel that she overacted as a result.
0: Yeah, I don't, dis- I don't disagree with that at all, yeah.
1: Okay. I just I and I feel it's a shame because the academy really doesn't like that so chances are she kind of killed. But that that said she does a good job. Okay. It's just that I just wanted to say that I kind of of all the people in the movie I just feel like her emotions are 10 times stronger than the already strong emotions in the movie and I feel it kind of sort of kills.
0: Yeah. The the movie in general goes for a sentimentality like like I was saying like that Frank Capra feel. And, and I think a lot of the critics have been responding negatively to that. I just kind of felt like like I could almost tell from the very beginning that that's what they were going for, you know what i mean like that's and, and she's playing that, but she overdoes it. I agree with you
1: yeah and it's a shame I mean because it's because she's a good, she's a good actress she's you know and she's she a may she, yeah and she yeah. she may get that someday, but the thing is is you don't do it by overacting, you do it by acting awesome yes and there's a difference
0: but but i think the the where she's at her best is this first part of the movie with her and edgerton um together you know them them just playing off of each other you know they're they're writing down all the things that they want their child to have and i don't i didn't have them all written down um go see the movie if you want to hear them all Uh, it's, it's it's you know things like you know he our kid would have your heart is he says to her or he would always see the world as glass half-full. Um, right.
1: Picasso with a pencil.
0: Picasso with a pencil. Our kid would rock.
2: Honest uh, to a fault.
0: Honest to a fault, that's right. And then uh, would score the winning goal in right. soccer one day.
2: And, oh, have Uncle Bob's humor.
0: Oh, that's right, Uncle Bob's humor. That's there right. we go. I think that might be all of them. I don't remember.
1: Uh, and um, he would love something, something with evolving love.
2: Love and be loved.
1: Love and be loved. There we go. That's right. I think what that's we, all of them, right? Did we get them I think, all? I think it is. I think there's eight of them, right? Um, am trying to remember exactly. We'll, we'll go I through think, if we remember. Yeah. We'll, we'll say which one is which as we go as well because right. you know, some of them are less obvious than others. So.
0: Sure. So the basic thing that happens is exactly what you've seen is they put these in a box. They bury it in the backyard. Again, this is their way of, of getting closure, Uh, And they go go to bed, and all of a sudden it it pours down rain, and the next thing you know, uh, they're in in the house, is this child, this 10-year-old boy, covered in dirt.
2: I do want to bring up one point. Sure. Um, You know that this is is going to be some type of magic or something, because when when you're driving into town, you see the sign about the drought warning. Yes. Yes. So um, that kind of gives you a hint as, okay, why do I need to know about drought warning?
1: <laughs> I, I, yeah. think, I think also the fact that it only rained on their house and then the rain kind of fell and then all the water kind of pulled itself back up into the sky.
0: Yeah, they literally reversed the film just like they would have done in a, you know, a, a 1920 silent film. You know? like yes. They literally reversed the film so the water runs up off the house. Yeah. Did you notice that? Did you notice the little subtle Mary Poppins reference too?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. The the um, weather vane.
0: Yeah, the weather vane changes directions right before Timothy pops out of the ground. Yep. But so, Timothy comes into the house. He's covered in mud. Uh, they, you know, he calls them mom and dad, and they, they they take some time, of course, that evening to adjust to Timothy being their son, uh, which who wouldn't? <laughs> if a child, a ten-year-old boy, just pops out of the ground and comes inside and starts calling you mom and dad, but he has all the the attributes that they have right. written down, at least as far as they could tell, right? Um, he also has one other distinguishing characteristic.
1: Oh, yes, he's got uh, leaves growing out of his legs. Yeah. Yeah. They also make a point to note that they that they had what did they say fifty four girl names on their list and only one boy name and it, it was Timothy. Right. And so that that was an interesting little tidbit too. I mean, but they overall they're very quickly accepting of the fact that a boy just popped out of their garden.
0: Yeah. And I think that's where I've seen again in some of the reviews and things I've seen is like that's where people get caught up when this, in this one is they just like everybody just accepts the fact that he's there and he's part of their life and all this kind of stuff and i'm like that's not what the movie's about so it's not important that you know it's it's actually important to the to the whole thematic feel of the film to just move on from that point like the the movie's not about how that happened or why it happened or it's i'm sorry it's more about why it happened than how
1: Right. I, I think though that those critics missed the critical point of the beginning of the movie, which was that they were busy trying to have a baby and at a point where they were considering adoption yeah. as an alternative. Right. They they were exploring all options. That is very much mentioned at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Okay. I, and so for them to not be able to have a kid and then suddenly have a young adult there—not a young adult, but you know what—I what do you think he was about ten?
0: Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. I okay. think, you know, 9, 10, somewhere in that range. Somewhere in that
1: range. So, you know, to have a 10-year-old show up, I, it's not out of the question when family members are coming over and they know this stuff is going on. I, yeah, absolutely. It, it happens in summer, right? It's like, I guess it's probably about this time of year when the movie came out that that the movie starts in and it goes all the way into what i presume is november because they're at the final game of soccer you figure 10 weeks from the start of school for a soccer
0: yeah i yeah you're exactly right i mean the the leaves change throughout the movie you know it basically tracks from summer to fall late fall especially yeah pre-snow exactly we're we're not yet to jingle bells when the movie ends but like you said, the, the the immediate aftermath is Timothy falls asleep, and they've all accepted it. You know, they've been up late, but everyone's coming over to their house the next morning for a picnic. And her uh, Cindy's sister is the first one there, and she rings the doorbell, and it's Timothy who gets up and answers. Uh, and what they what they do to hide his leaves, they put socks on. Which, if you've seen the poster, that's what the poster shows is him in the socks with. You know, the leaves kind of poking out of the top. But that's a common theme throughout the rest of the film is him in his socks and trying to hide the leaves.
1: And there's various socks throughout the movie, not just this initial green pair that gets put on him. Absolutely. Um, So an interesting thing is if you look at all the websites that are currently doing contests is uh, one of the things that Disney handed out to people to do contests is a pair of the socks. Which is awesome.
2: Yes, yeah. I'm suspecting with the DVD release that they're gonna include a pair of socks in the DVD.
1: That'll be awesome—a pair of socks with a DVD. That would be cool.
2: I think they should. I mean, it, it makes—it's kind of cute, you know.
1: Yeah, well, Princess and the Frog—they gave Tiana's purse away with the with it when you bought it. So, well, there you go.
0: Yeah. So the family—the family basically comes together in an entire picnic, and you know they're introducing Timothy around to everyone and Timothy's kind of introducing himself to everyone and Jim and Cindy are almost beside themselves like that they're part of this now right because it's a whole huge family that's over in their front yard eating and it's people with kids and you know uh, Jim's father shows up and it's just it's just a bizarre thing of you know they're all of a sudden it seems like you, you kind of infer that they were on the outside looking in before in these gatherings and now they are a piece of it
1: I I like the other prep that they do before while she's putting on the sock she coaches him on the fact that other kids don't come from the garden they come from their mommy's bellies and we need to not bring this up that you came from the garden yes <laughs>
0: which which works not very well
1: because <laughs> he goes and asks the other kids he goes so y'all come from your mommy's belly how was that yeah <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's it's crazy. I mean, it, it, the C.J. Adams who plays Timothy, I love his performance because he's just so—he's such a kid. Like, and it could be the script, it could be his performance. I think it's probably a little bit of both. But I mean, he's he's a ten-year-old boy. I mean, that's what ten-year-old boys would do. You know, it's 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 just perfect. I mean, it's pitch perfect.
1: He's the same boy that uh, Hedges used in Dan in Real Life.
0: Ah, okay. Well, I, now actor. I really need to see it.
1: Um, I also like he has this instant bond with uh, Uncle Bub because they make the comments about – he goes, did you know I invented the peanut butter and jelly sandwich? And he goes, did you know that I'm a fan of your work? <laughs> Which
0: is bizarre because he's been on this earth for all of you know, 12 hours and has not had a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. However, yeah. if you recall from the writing down of the, uh, the ideas, he wanted, they wanted him to be funny like Uncle Bub. Funny so like Uncle Bub, that's correct. He immediately relates to Uncle Bub. So they, they managed to get him through the first family gathering, uh, except for the fact that uh, Jim, Grandpa Jim, Joel, uh, Joel Edgerton's father, Jim, Jim's father, uh, comes and decides to play dodgeball with the kids. Which is really code for him just drilling the children in the head with a ball as hard as he can.
1: Yes, him just hating kids, near as I can tell. Yeah, I don't know what that was all about,
0: <laughs> but wow. That man had some issues. Uh,
1: yeah, I, I, I agree. He's he's probably the the uh, biggest um, piece of work in the film. Yes. But um, because he's pro- – I, I don't know. He strikes me as the least realistic of the characters in a um, lot of ways.
2: I,
0: I, he's the most one-dimensional of the characters for sure. I, I
1: guess that's probably what it is. Yeah. Um, but here's the thing, right? Uh, David Morse, I get that he's playing uh, – G- Jim's dad, but he just he doesn't look that much older than Jim does to me
0: i was that's exactly what i I thought through the whole movie is you know he doesn't look that much older, he doesn't act that much older, yeah. He's he's. I agree. He's the most one-note character, and it's just kind of the most dissonant character in the whole movie because the whole thing is implied that he and Jim didn't have a great relationship and that he wasn't ever there for Jim, and that's part of why Jim is striving to, to be such a good parent for, for Timothy in, in general. But it's kind of just him. It, it, he says it a little bit, but you don't really get, like, here is a specific thing that you did that made me want to do this. You know what I mean? Like, it's not really... Right, fleshed out that much
1: but here's the thing right so the story is told in flashbacks so is that perhaps not necessarily the complete truth but more his perception of the truth as they're telling the story
0: could be that could be that's a good point I didn't think of that but that, that, yeah, that would make sense
2: yeah,
1: yeah it could be I, I just I, I don't know it, it's hard to say but you know he has a very negative view of his father and it's, yeah, not, oh, a, yeah. it, it's not unfounded from what we see Okay, but still.
0: Yeah. But so Jim is walking around with the dodgeball and he's hitting the kids in the head. And, you know, Jim and Cindy are trying to coach Timothy to, like, move out of the way. And he's just basically kind of standing there. <laughs> and they'll tell him to shuffle his feet. And he just kind of picks his feet and walks them down. I mean, it's really funny because uh, if you've ever been a parent trying to get your kid to do something, trying to teach your kid to do something you already know how to do is probably like the toughest thing you can do because you don't know how to explain things that are just instinctual Uh, so I really laughed at this scene but when the sun pops out of the clouds and kind of shines straight down onto the ground Timothy sort of raises his arms and looks up to the sun uh, much as you would imagine a plant doing yes and soaks in the sun to which you know Cindy's sister Brenda is like, that's not normal. <laughs> <laughs> Which is true. Uh, but he does it just in time for uh, Grandpa Jim to beat him right in the head with a dodgeball. Mean
1: guy. Brenda also not very nice person.
0: No, no, not in general. Yeah, I think that that's part of the thing that people, you know, I think are disliking about the movie is that most of the other characters... Jim's the, Grandpa Jim's the worst, but most of the other characters are just, you know, archetypes or, you know, stereotypes and that sort of thing. But I think, like, you, your explanation of, you know, they're telling the story in a flashback, of course they're probably going to reduce people to that. I think that's probably the best explanation for it.
2: I think part of the, um, part of the thing that isn't explained is the um, sibling rival, bri- rivalry between yes. Brenda, and, Brenda and, and the sister, because um, we know these aren't their parents. We, when we're introduced to Bob and and the aunt, um, you know they, they 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 kind of they raised us type of thing, but there's no again there's, we don't need the backstory. There's no backstory there, but there obviously you know there obviously could have been, you
0: know. Oh yeah, kind of there's there's definitely a story there.
2: There right, a bit, again, we need that. I'm totally saying we didn't need that. Yeah. But yeah. but there's obviously something there that we we weren't we weren't akin to.
1: Yeah. Well, you get the main point is that it's that there it's it's a comp, it's a competitive rivalry. That's what's important.
2: Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah, there's a lot of that to it. There, you know, a lot of stuff that's just sort of read into the movie you just accept it and move on because again, the point of the movie is not the the how Timothy was there, or how it all works with him being there, and that sort of thing it's much more about the why he's there, uh, which becomes evident as the movie rolls along uh, because they they're upset when when Jim hits him in the head with the ball, and they kind of you know pick him up and clean him up and and then I believe then the next thing is they send him off to school right the next day yes and w- it, it doesn't take long for him being at school. He's being picked on, and kids are, you know, rubbing things in his face. And they have to call Jim at the factory because one of the things we haven't mentioned is that the whole thing takes place in this town called Stanleyville, which is famous for its pencils.
1: Yes, not a real town at all, by the way, no. folks. It no was actually
0: filmed. Out. It was actually filmed not far from me.
1: Yeah, they actually. Um yeah, and they actually really painted that on the side of the barn. I guess they left it up after the movie because the people of the town thought it was kind of cool. Oh, cool. I'm gonna yeah, because there's, there's a picture of it on uh, Flickr from Ooh, just buddy. a few days ago. So
0: I'm going to have to check that out. All right. Road trip. Okay. But the whole the whole point is the town itself is held aloft by this pencil factory like cindy works in the stanley pencil museum that's her job and jim works in the factory supervising the quality of the pencils that are being produced like the whole town is dependent on this factory which is you know a, a typical thing you've seen in, in small towns especially around the south i mean uh, there's a small town near where my wife grew up that is dependent on the toilet seat factory
2: first for people who aren't used to small towns it's kind of like um Radiators bring some cars is what we would put it close to.
0: Right. And the industry there being tourism, it's the same sort of thing. Yeah, exactly yep. right. Yeah. Uh, but so they call Jim at the plant, uh, to tell him what's going on and Jim and Cindy have to go to the school and you know, take care of Timothy. And what we find out is that the boys that picked on him were actually the descendants of Stanley the, the original founder of the town who did the pencils and all, uh, and, his, and Jim's boss, it, who is uh, running the factory now, they're his children. So that doesn't really work out so well, because Jim is trying to be a good parent. He's in day two of being a parent, and he's trying to stick up for his son, uh, but he has to go and do so to his boss. <laughs> Which is not exactly an easy thing for him to do.
1: Yeah. By the way, I'm not so sure it's necessarily day two. No? Well, because otherwise the movie only happens in like four days, right? And I get a feeling that it probably takes place more, there's time in between the events that we see.
0: Could be. Could be. It's
1: definitely day two in terms of the movie, so.
0: Yeah, exactly. He's not far along in his parenting life, let's put it that way.
1: No, he's not. I would I would say maybe a few weeks at most.
0: Right, and he's so he's got to confront his boss, and uh, they they finally come to an understanding. This is so, so something that I have seen happen in my years as a parent. Uh, the wife comes out as the two men are getting into you know so, somewhat of a heated argument, and says, "Well, the main thing here is everyone's okay and everyone's fine, and you know we're having a birthday party for one of our children, you know." Uh, I believe it's tomorrow or in the next couple of days, and we would love for Timothy to come. <laughs> Can I just tell you how many times I've seen this happen? Yes,
1: it's called bribery to get people off your lawn.
0: Yeah, I've, I've seen this happen so many times. It's, it's, that one made me laugh because, you know, it's, it's so true to life. Uh, but the, the pool party, the funny part about it is um, Timothy has been eyeing this, this young girl uh, we, don't know, we don't know her name at this point, uh, but he saw her at school and just kind of was smitten with her, and when he goes to the pool party, of course, there's an immediate problem because he has his socks on, and yet he's expected to jump into the pool, not to mention the fact that he's you know, a few days, a few weeks old at this point, and as Jim and Cindy tell the adoption agency lady, we just didn't realize he didn't know how to swim. and they left him there
1: yeah uh, you know it's what it was I mean well I guess he figured that he A might say something and B was under some sort of supervision which well clearly he wasn't because the uh, adults that were at the party just didn't care
0: right because he jumps off the diving board to impress this this young girl who is also at the party and basically just sinks to the bottom of the pool and stays there.
1: Yes, for a really long time. Yeah! It's like, what, a
0: minute and a half at least?
1: I Yeah, uh, you know, I can hold my breath a little while Last I checked, but it still looks hard to do, and um, we, we know it's not really doing it, folks. It's, it's a movie that's made, but, you know, the character is. And uh, the only person that sees him... Fallen is the girl. Yeah. Right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And she's the one who has to go and rescue him. The problem being he's not exactly you know, up for rescuing, and, and because she comes down and is trying to figure out what's going on with him, she grabs the socks and pulls, pulls one of them down and sees one of his leaves, and he kicks at her and just – and you know, basically bloodies her nose uh, before she pulls him back up to the, to the surface – uh, which you know, of course, elicits yet another call to his parents.
1: <laughs> yes, and they ask him how. When he goes, I kicked the girl in the face. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> and and it's important because the father tells him to how to handle it, which is his advice is the next time he sees her coming to run in the other direction.
0: Yes, uh, which doesn't work out so well.
1: No, because it pretty much leads to the next scene where she freaks out because she sees him go by on the bicycle with the, with the girl. And she's like, he's not running! He's not yes. running!
0: <laughs> and he rides right by the factory where he's sitting on the bicycle with the girl. Yes. Uh, yeah, he, he is uh, definitely smitten and uh, falling in love. No, no, no doubt about it. Yes. Um, which... It sort of leads to the the crux of the whole how Timothy works thing because when he comes home, I believe that's when his uh, the first leaf on his leg falls turns you know turns colors and falls off. Right.
1: But his leaf falls off and he runs upstairs and he makes a makeshift envelope out of it out of a sheet of paper and tucks it in and writes her name on it. The girl's name is Joni, so he writes Joni on the envelope and he puts it in his nightstand.
0: Right. So if you, if you know anything about movies or how things have gone to this point uh, and you're watching this movie, you know immediately what's going to happen at the end of the movie. Well, yeah, at, right after, right before they, they send him to school, actually, they, they take uh, Timothy over to Cindy's friend Reggie. Because Cindy, you see, working in the garden at the very beginning of the movie, you know that she's you know, somewhat of a, a plant person. And Cindy's friend Reggie is asked to cut the leaves off from his legs. It, Timothy... See, seems to have no problem with this, which, which seems sort of strange, but you understand it because Reggie takes what looks like a nice pair of pruning shears, holds the leaf, and tries to cut it, and it basically breaks the pruning shears. Yeah, super leaves. <laughs> yes, leaves of steel, which is why when they fall off, it's such a you know, momentous thing. Right.
1: I'm actually figuring a lot of people didn't necessarily get what was going on with the leaves when they really? saw this. Yeah, I think it's I mean it's sort of in your face but it's not necessarily something everybody picks up. This movie has what's called an O Henry plot to it. Okay. Right. O Henry being the pen name of William Sidney Porter. Okay. And the idea is that every story has a twist at the end, right? That O Henry ever wrote. One of my personal favorites, The Ransom of Red Chief, where the two people kidnap the child for to take get a ransom from him but what happens is the kid ends up driving them so crazy they just give him back to the parents <laughs> right you know, think, yes. think that's, that's the way the stories go and so here you are you're in a movie where the, where the parents have made their ultimate wish and they've been granted their ultimate wish but unfortunately their wish has a price okay? and that is that it's a timed wish it, it doesn't, it's not going to last forever
0: right and that's what the whole leaves thing is. I mean, I, I don't know. I, when I first saw it uh, and saw uh, the leaf fall off with, with him writing the name Joni on it, I thought, okay, you know, this is where this is going to go is, you know, when the
1: leaves fall off, the, the time's up. Oh, because uh, I thought they were all going to get superpowers from the leaves. Leaves of
0: Steel. Yeah, Leaves absolutely.
1: Steel. I, yeah.
2: I have the impression that he's gone through this before.
1: He, he implies that he, at the end of the movie. Yeah,
0: yeah. He knows something about, like, how this all works. Right?
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: Which is why the peanut butter and jelly comet may not have been out of context. Just you don't... Just it's like a, you realize it after the fact, not when it happens. Right.
0: Yeah, it's true. But it's... that That's the other thing that I've seen is, like, people saying, you know, well, okay, I knew, or, or this, this was so telegraphed. And I think that's, that's kind of the point, right? It's, it's almost, you know, what's going to happen and you know that this, there's a limited time to this gift that Jim and Cindy have been given. And it's, it's much more about why he's there and what he does while he's there. That's the whole point, you know?
1: right it's yes, there's magic going on, but the magic is just the means to the story, not the story
0: right it's it, just like I was saying at the beginning, it's a way for them to achieve closure. This is a way for them to understand that for for them to get past those things that they wrote in that box That's right. the way I took it it's you know it's it, it, when you have a kid, you have all these hopes and expectations for them, and you have all these things that you want them to be. And they may or may not be that, you know. Um, and this was—they got that fulfilled, and then you know, eventually they can move on. Because everything that they wrote in in on that piece of paper, all eight things that they wrote, um, eventually would come true. And each one of them relates to one of the leaves that was on Timothy's legs.
1: Right, and this first one is love and be loved.
0: Right. And I don't I
1: don't recall the exact
0: order that they come in from from that point forward. I know that you know they all get solved. Let me put it that way. I don't remember the exact order of, I, of how they go.
1: I I think Uncle Bub is next.
0: Yeah, I think you're right because the Uncle Bub has to go to the hospital, and it's um, Timothy goes in to with Jim and Cindy to visit him uh, and. You know they're they're all sharing a, a laugh about you know different things and you can tell Uncle Bub's not in great shape and uh, the nurse asked them all to leave and he asked for Timothy to stay and as Jim and Cindy and and Cindy's sister Brenda are looking through the window they see you know Bub and Timothy just laughing back and forth until you
2: and know, they could um- hear him over they hear him laughing as well because the um, aunt says that yes. she hadn't heard him laugh like that in the whole long time.
0: Yes. Yeah. Until, you know, unfortunately Uncle Bub passes away. Uh and that's that's the next leaf, right? So he's he's fun funny like Uncle Bub. He, he made Uncle Bub laugh and as as he's sitting there in the in the hospital room, the next leaf falls off. Better better to
1: die laughing than crying.
0: Absolutely. That's what we say that's what I mean by, you know, yes, it's a sad movie, but it's a sad movie with a happy twist on it. Like you don't feel necessary. You're sad that Uncle Bub died, but I mean, look at what happened, right?
1: Yeah, he he left his mark. The the guy was old to begin with. The actor's old. The actor's like almost eighty years old to begin with. So right. And I'm I'm guessing the character's supposed to be you know roughly the same age, if not a little older. And uh, yeah, he he was an old guy. He was sick. He was in the hospital, and he passed. I mean, that happens probably every day.
0: Yeah. Wow. Oh, that doesn't make it. Not a cry-worthy moment, though.
1: <laughs> no, 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 it doesn't. Not at all. Don't, 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 don't misunderstand me. But my point is, is that uh, again, he he left his mark. He made his mark. He made the man die happy when otherwise he might have not died happy. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. And that's and that's okay. That's you know, it's it's sad and there's grief involved and there's sorrow. But at the same time, the person who died wasn't alone and wasn't upset, and that's, yep. you know, that's good.
0: Absolutely. And the other, the other thing, I mean, it, it kind of moves on, is, uh, and again, I may be getting these out of order, uh, but they have to get him on the soccer team. In order for him to score the winning goal, he has to actually be on the soccer team, right?
2: Also, it was done as a way to cheer him up, I think, yeah, to give, it, to give him something.
1: I, I don't yeah. think they figured out the puzzle just yet, though, when they were putting him on the soccer team.
2: No, no, no. They had not.
0: They had not. Yeah. You're right. I'm just saying that from a from a viewing standpoint. They didn't know. They were looking for a way for him to, you know, be part of a group and just, you know, participate. The, the difference being, you know, in this town, apparently soccer is, you know, the only thing that they have. They, don't, they must not have, like, a, you know, high school football or anything like that. Like, soccer is the thing. Yeah. Because Jim Jim played soccer when he was a kid and you know the other folks in town the the boss at the factory and everybody their kids are on the soccer team yep so they they have to get him on the soccer team and they try to convince the coach they basically beg the coach to get him on the team
1: <laughs> i'm just laughing because so this guy looks really familiar to me the guy who's playing the coach and then i looked him up and i realized that he's not <laughs> at all familiar to me but, but his his name is common
0: yes and he he's been in quite a few movies so, he, so you may have seen him in movies okay. uh, he, he has been a, he, he's primarily known as a rapper but yes he's been in quite a few movies too
1: interesting
0: he he's actually sort of a which i know it's odd to say cuz he used to be a rapper he's sort of a character actor at this point like he's never the lead in anything but he's always he's in you know quite a few films and just playing these kinds of roles, like the soccer coach or, you know, wh- whichever it would be. But they get, they get him on the soccer team, and then, you know, we have to go. The way this movie, like you said, it's a roller coaster. It kind of flows back and forth, and there's, there's a whole part of the fact that there's going to be layoffs at the plant. And so Jim comes home all depressed because his boss tells him, you're going to be the one who has to lay people off. And it's not until they have dinner together uh, kind of just chatting back and forth not at the dinner table but in the in the living room with candles on the floor and everything that they start talking and they get the idea of like, well, what if we did something different? What if we made a different kind of pencil? And It's Timothy that says this, and they basically decide to make uh, – between Cindy and Jim, they decide to make a leaf pencil.
1: Yeah, and it's, it's interesting because – well, two things happen there. One is they tell this great story about how um, when he was younger, he – He was full of ideas, and so he started writing them down in notebooks, and how he always carried a pad with him, which carries forward even to that day because in the movie he's always got a pad in his breast pocket. Yeah, that's right. right. And the whole story inspires Timothy to the point that first he says that, and he says, I'm going to go write Joni a note, and he walks out of the room, and then they immediately start their little crafting experiment. Yep. I checked this out online. I can't find anything about pencils made out of leaves. I just want to (laughs) say I thought it was an awesome idea – and if anyone has any information about like where I can buy one and see what it's like, just please tell me. But I don't think they really exist. No? I couldn't find anything.
0: They should. Somebody should get to work on that.
1: Crush Jim leaves and get going.
0: That's right. Yeah, they go through, they go through a whole thing of how, of how they're going to make the leaf pencil and hopefully um, do something with it. And then, of course, when Jim takes it to his boss, uh, his boss basically ignores him, but Jim leaves the a leaf pencil on his boss's desk.
2: Don't, but he should, Donna.
0: Yeah. Which we find out at the at the very end was, was not a good idea. Not he's a good idea He plan. could
2: trust
1: his boss. That, but we learn But throughout the movie, we learn his boss is actually not at all trustworthy. To the point where he, the boss's own father gets upset with him at the end. So.
0: No, he's not, he's absolutely not trustworthy. He's the guy from Office Space, Ron Livingston. He can't be trusted. <laughs>
1: Can't trust yes, that I, I I know that, but usually you can't trust a, a prior character affecting a current character.
0: No, absolutely not. That's that's a that's a rule, right? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> so I forget what comes next. The one that I liked, the the my favorite of the uh, the leaves falling down was the uh, Picasso with the pencil. Yes. I'm not sure if that was the next one or not.
1: I, I I don't know. We can discuss it though. We should probably say because we kind of skipped over it is that Cindy works at the town museum.
0: Right, the Stanley Pencil the, Museum. The
1: Stanley Pencil Museum, right? And she she works for Mrs. Crudstaff, the pencil plant uh, owner's wife, and the son, of, the mother of the guy who's running the pencil plant, and, so, and who is Jim's boss. So they kind of sort of. Answer to the same people, which probably pretty much everybody in the town does, so there you go. Crudstaffs are at the top of the food chain in the town, near as I can tell. Yes. And, and so she's her boss, and she's not very nice or friendly and, and whatnot, and, well, things happen.
0: Yes, because it's, it's take your child to work day. And so Timothy starts with her and goes to work, and they're unveiling Miss Crudstaff's portrait. And, and and Timothy, again, being honest to a fault, uh, is asked by Mrs. Crudstaff what he thinks of the portrait, and he says he thinks it's not very good, which he's not wrong.
1: It doesn't look tons like her. No, no,
0: they, they definitely prettied her up. Uh, so he is asked, you know, well, you think you can do better? And he says, I think so. And they give him a pencil and a sheet of paper, and Ms. Crudstaff sends everybody out of the room and sits down and lets Timothy sketch her. Uh, the problem being that Timothy is, again, honest to a fault and sketches her, including her very hairy chin. Yes.
2: Wait, I do want to mention how he pulls her hair out and takes her glasses off.
0: Yes. He-
2: so right. he does so he, so we don't so he's giving you know like a real impression from her than the impression she's giving out.
1: He, he's also showing that they don't need to make a picture of her that beautifies how she chooses to look that she can look better, right? That she is, is pretty, right? You know, Diane Weiss is not an unattractive person, right? That's right. But but when she's got her hair all up and she's, you know, all fussy and buttoned to the tip of her chin and with her petticoat and whatnot. It's not a petticoat, but it's a coat thing. I don't know what you call it. She doesn't look great, right? That's right. But he, he brings it out in her both through his action and through the picture that he draws, except for the unfortunate mark.
0: Yes, except for the unfortunate chin hair. Which apparently she did not realize she had. Uh, and she calls the entire staff in to say, what else weren't you telling me?
1: <laughs> yes, and uh, Cindy's a little honest.
0: Too honest. More than a little.
1: Yeah, more than a little because she gets fired. Yes, she does.
0: That's, that's, not, that's not necessarily good when you're raising a child. That's not what you right. want.
1: And, and Timothy loses another leave because this is his Picasso with a pencil moment.
0: That's correct. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's not a great day for the Green family, for, for sure. Right.
2: And they kind uh, and this of mentioned...
0: This is when he goes in and, and leaves the leaf pencil with his boss. Right. So he, he loses another leaf, uh, you know, with the, Picasso with a pencil. And the, there's another one that comes when uh, he is invited to a concert that Brenda gives every year. Uh, and when I say this is like you know zealous mother that you worst overzealous mother you can imagine that's Brenda. Because she literally gathers a, the, the entire family in her home and has chairs set up so that they can play classical music in front of everyone. Yes. Which is just bizarre.
1: Yeah I've never been to a Family concert like that before myself. Yeah, I,
0: I, I yeah, that was, that was, it was weird.
2: I used to do family puppet shows with like, well, that, with, that makes like stuffed animals sense. and stuff.
0: That makes a little more sense.
1: It sounds more fun.
0: It, this is also true, uh, but, uh, but this just gets Brenda, a little fun. Yeah, Brenda being a pain, you know. Cindy had bragged because they've been going to the soccer games throughout this and Timothy's sitting on the bench because, well, he can't play soccer. Uh, and they're sitting there and Cindy had said, well, yeah, Timothy can play you know, music or something. She has no clue that Brenda will then invite Timothy up to play at the concert, hoping to embarrass him. Timothy instead pulls out, you know, tries out a few different things and starts playing lowrider Rider." on a cowbell a cowbell uh which you know prompts jim and cindy to pop up and accompany him and basically rock the house playing lowrider
1: yes and and they have a good time
2: which i i still think the aunt i think the only person that enjoyed that was the aunt she was kind of like smiling
0: yeah oh yeah it was it was funny i mean it's just a funny scene because they're i mean they are getting into it man they they they're just going crazy and there's there's the music starts playing the actual music from lowrider but like in the actual you know continuity of the film there's no music playing they're just up there dancing to timothy banging on the cowbell and them singing
1: that's right and they're being acoustical too so yeah
0: yeah so it's 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 pretty crazy but, but fun, definitely fun well there's there's part of it is the you know the love and be loved, and it's not a point where the leaves get lost, but um you know Jim and Cindy aren't sure whether this girl, this Joni is good for their kid, and it's not until uh Cindy actually tries to confront Joni, and Joni shows her what she and Timothy have been doing that they understand what's going on because they go uh and. Joni shows her what they 've been doing out in the woods, just hanging out, and they 've basically yes. created this entire world of between the the red and the yellow leaves that 's i mean stunning to look at the, the cinematography and the way they put that together. I was just blown away with
1: yes can, can I say too that that this this scene really sold this girl to me as an actor because I had never seen her in anything before
2: mm-hmm.
1: until this movie and I'm telling you, you know, about eight nine years from now, this girl is going to be just a stellar young actress.
0: Yes, I agree. She was fabulous in this.
1: Yeah. Odeya yep. Rush. Don't forget that name.
0: That's right. You heard it here first, people. There you go. The film basically wraps up with with two main things, which is him scoring the winning goal. Uh, <laughs> the problem being. Uh, Timothy is put into the game at the last minute, and it's kind of funny because they have figured out the trope at this point. Like they know, like he's going to score the winning goal, so you know they're they're making sure everybody's there and everybody knows what's going on. And Timothy finally gets put in the game because somebody gets injured. It's the first time all season he's been in the game, and when he gets the ball, I mean, he's just going crazy with it. He's you know he's dribbling down the field. He's he, he's making moves left and right, and Jim's rubbing it into his dad and. Cindy's rubbing it into Brenda and you know, it's just non stop. And the the only problem is uh Timothy score does score the winning goal, uh, but he scores it for the other team.
1: Yeah. He he unfortunately sticks his foot up to hit the ball but hits it the wrong way.
0: Yeah. And and that doesn't that doesn't work out so well.
1: No, no, it doesn't.
0: Yeah. They they he gets, you know, brutally mocked and uh jim and cindy get into a fight and they're they're you know they're just not happy with each other and they're trying to figure out what's going on and and why they're you know why they didn't get everything they wanted and uh they have to cut that short because of course timothy interrupts them and they have to go to a town meeting that's being held about the the plant closing down This, this is where we find out that leaving the leaf pencil with jim's boss was a bad idea because they everyone says well we're gonna save the plant and it's because you know i forget jim's boss's name uh this guy came up with the leaf pencil and this is gonna save the town and timothy stands up and says well no he didn't come up with it you know my my parents did and it's not and it's mrs crudstaff who he drew with the chin 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 who realizes that timothy's telling the truth and basically forces the truth out of the boss
1: yeah. jim's boss is franklin crudstaff okay and his father is uh joseph crudstaff who i just wanted to mention really quickly before we continue is uh he the actor's name is james reborn who has been in just tons and tons of things but i wanted to mention that because brianna is also a member of this podcast that um i'd be remiss if i didn't mention that his his big current role on television is as reese used the fbi white collar division chief on the television show white collar
0: ah there you go so uh but the 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 upshot of it is is that you know they managed to save the town uh and and jim and cindy get some of the credit for that uh but it's it's one of those like kind of emotional save the town sort of scenes it's like if you've seen field of dreams there's you know where they're having the town meeting it's the same same idea and uh, like you mentioned, Todd, they go to a banquet afterwards, uh, an end of the season soccer banquet where they're eating, and it's um, Timothy, at this point, if you haven't realized it, you kind of know that you know, he's, he's losing all of his leaves, well, and
1: it's, he's, we learn he's he has going one to left. Go. We learned he yeah. has one left at the, at the town meeting. So:
0: That's right. They, they unveil his socks and, uh, because they say, "Well, how'd you get the idea for the leaf pencil, and it's because he has leaves on his legs?" And they unveil the one that's left. And, and when they go to this, this postseason banquet for the soccer game, um, he has to go and break up with Joni because he knows that he's not going to be around anymore. Right. Which is he so said, sad.
1: He sets her free.
0: Yes, he does. Uh, and, and his parents can't understand what's going on uh, because, of course, while we, the audience, have been seeing him lose the leaves throughout, this is the first time they've heard of it. And when they, when they get back to the house, basically they're – he tells them, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be around anymore and, you know, uh, I have to go and that's the way it works. And, you know, one second they're sitting there hugging him and the next second he's gone.
1: Well, his last sleeve falls off first.
0: Yeah. yeah. Right. His and
1: that's, that's in the final moment and I would guess that was the one that um, was about him having her heart because he, he's, he's in tears and he's – Super emotional at this point, and they 're super emotional, and he he tell he basically he has this moment with them where he tells them that it's it's going to be okay, you know you you know this is this is all right, this was meant to be that whole conversation that he has with them yeah, you know
0: yeah it's just sad yeah, I mean good but sad
1: well he, he this is when you find out that the reason why he was there too was not to be there as their son, but to be there to show them that they can be parents and they shouldn't give up on that?
0: Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, because it's, it's showing them that, you know, all these things you wanted with, from your kid, you're going to make mistakes. They, they even say that to the adoption person. You know, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to do things wrong. You know, your kid's not always going to live up to your expectations, like the you know, the, the idea with the... Um, uh, the soccer goal, but it's okay. You know, it's all it it all works out, and, and everything's going to be all right. And they end up. Um, the movie basically ends with the adoption folks bringing them a, a young girl uh, that they've adopted.
1: Yes, named Lily.
0: Yes, and that's how we end.
1: Yeah, and they get back the box. I kind of thought that. Th- the the slight ma- See, the two magic moments I kind of really enjoyed in the movie just because they you know the rain the rain to make him come and go, but also that they find the box and the papers all exploded in the garden when Timothy's born, right? But when he goes yes. away, the box is put back together and all the papers are inside. Yes. Again, so I thought that was just uh, clever because that was unexpected. Once you saw the box broken like that, despite that he was going away, so right. It was a nice touch.
0: Yes, it's just it's it's an emotional movie, especially like you know I have a ten-year-old son, so (laughs) I came home and had to wake
1: him up and hug him. Oh, that's sad and nice. I mean, it's sad
0: it's sad. It's just yeah, it's just you know, it's just one of those things that makes you appreciate what you have. You know, like, it's that kind of a movie.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing I want to mention, which we'll close later on, is that um, one of our friends had recently passed away. Yes. And had not had a long life as well. And seeing it again after he passed away, it was so, it was, like, double draining.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I, I thought I thought about that exact same thing, Cheryl. It's like, you know... It's, it, it really speaks to the, the fact that, um, you know, you, you cherish what you have, cherish the time you have. Yeah, for sure. All right, well, before we all start crying, let's, uh, let's, let's rate The Odd Life of Timothy Green. So, so, Cheryl, you want to follow up on that and uh, tell us what you thought?
2: Well, um, I found that Roger Ebert gave this three and a half of four stars. So, um, so I'm kinda of using him as a guy <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um i I definitely think it's seen in the movie seen in the theater um why can um so probably three uh five type of uh it's not a five out of five for me that's because it's emotionally draining and. Motion Grings usually aren't my five out of five movies. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yeah. You know.
0: All right, Todd, what would you say?
1: Um, so I wasn't – I have to say I wasn't sold on this movie prior to seeing it. You know, I went and I saw it uh, first time we saw it as a preview. Um, I wrote a blog post on it for onthegoatmco.com because um, I had seen it on their, on their preview docket so that's why that went there and uh, I liked it it really really touched me uh, you know in like numerous ways and it's a really sweet story um i i don't really have much else to say it's like i said it's i it's very emotional you are going to cry during this movie and if you don't it's just not a movie for you probably yes and i, I cuz this is not a movie for everybody i'll be clear about that up fr- up front well okay up front at the end of the podcast which i mean it's near back right
2: yes <laughs> there you go
1: uh, <laughs> it's just it's very touching i i was gonna say three and a half going into this and i'm still gonna say three and a half for me i just really enjoyed it it's really well done
0: yeah i i agree and i'm actually gonna rate it higher um, then you guys, uh, this is, this is my kind of movie, like this hits me in a sweet spot. It's something that I can relate to on a personal level. Um, you know, I have children, I think, uh, it, and like I said, when I came home, I just wanted to hug my son, you know, just, you know, to cherish the fact that he's there and, you know, I get to hang out with him, um, cause he's a pretty cool kid and so is my daughter and, you know, like just... When I saw her uh, yesterday morning, just kind of squeezed her tight, too. Um, you know, it's just one of those things that makes you, like I said, appreciate what you have and what the time you have. So uh, uh, it's, not, it's not a five for me because it's, um, it's not something I think I'd want to see over and over again. And it's not, it's not like it's a wonderful life that I'm going to you know, put on every Christmas. But it definitely, like I said, has that Capra-esque feel to it. Um, so uh, I will give it a four. So if you haven't seen it, folks, go out and, and check it out in the theaters. I really I think we all agree. Like you know, Just take your Kleenex and, and, and go on out and, and check this one out. You, you won't be sorry. I agree. All right, folks, so that's going to do it for this week's show. Uh, until next week, make sure you go to the website DisneyFilmProject.com, and you can check out the show notes on this show, uh, as well as look back at past episodes, uh, read blogs, read Blu-ray reviews, uh, we've, we've got lots of great stuff up there uh, just go and look through the site and see what you, you can find and leave us a comment there you can also go on Facebook go to uh, facebook.com and, and find Disney Film Project there and you can vote in our poll of what our movie will be in an upcoming episode and you can leave us comments or when the, when the show comes out make sure you're over on Twitter at Project, and you can tweet us and uh, let us know what you think of the show or uh, any suggestions you might have alright so until next week, folks. We'll see you later.
2: Have the day you have.
0: With a pencil,
1: anything is possible.
0: Just once, our kid got to score the winning goal. Just a quick note, guys. We want to uh, dedicate this episode to Nolan Woodall, who some of you may know as Diz Nolan on Twitter. Um, Nolan Nolan passed away uh, just a, a few days before we recorded this episode and uh, before we saw this movie. And uh, like Cheryl mentioned, this this one uh, brings home how short. Things are and how little time you have. Uh, Nolan was a, a great guy. Uh, I, I met him once and talked to him all the time, and we shared a lot of passions—you uh, know, Braves baseball and Tennessee football and uh, general Disney geekery. Uh, just, just one of those folks that just brightens your day to talk to. So, for his family and 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 him, uh, we wanted to dedicate this one to to Nolan.
2: Yeah, um, I, I I met Nolan on um, the. Original WDW Radio Cruise with um, Dana and Nicole. It's Dragonelli and Sparkly Nicole. And um, it was so, so fun hanging out with him. He, like, he was loving it. Like, Lou, Lou Mangella did tribute to him, and he was always talking about that scooter. He was loving that scooter. He was going to get Lou a scooter for the next <laughs> cruise, and he was going to make Lou ride around the scooter, ride around, around the scooter. so it was so, it was, he was so funny. And, um, I always knew wrestling. Um, also he also sometimes asked for advice and, and kind of, you know, we had been talking a few days before about some advice and stuff. And I kind of gave him, you know, how I felt and why would, why would have done, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I met Nolan back in 2010, uh, at Epcot one night when I went with, uh, the the mouse crew and, um, we uh, we all met him and we spent a night with him and it was just he's just such a was such a sweet guy um, I you know there's, there's not a lot to say he he was just really really super nice and kind to me when I met him uh, I because I had made this comment like you didn't want to, you, you didn't come here to meet me you came to, here to meet the guys through do the podcast he said no no you're always behind the scenes and all this disney stuff i see you all the time and you're really important and you know you know he he just encouraged me and it's probably part of why i do this podcast today because i was just encouraged to do even more so there you yeah, go
0: absolutely
2: yeah unfortunately i never had the chance to
0: meet nolan um but from his twitter personality he was such a great great individual such a kind soul, and everyone always had a good word to say about him. Um, I just remember some of the conversations we've had on Twitter, but most importantly, I remember him saying about posit—his saying about positivity—to always start every day being positive, and then you'll see like remarkable results the rest of the day. And um, since his passing, I've been trying to live every day according to his standard, and it's—it's—it's it's, it's actually been working. Like he's—he's he's very positive influence for me and he will continue to be and his memory will live on forever so god bless a a wonderful guy um that all of us had the opportunity to meet so uh, this one's for, for you nolan